You know, it's interesting. One of the major conversations taking place, and it almost seems to take place all the time, is that the end is near. My question is, is the end near? I want to look at that today. I want to look at the end times a little bit, but not really dive too deeply. And you'll see what I mean when we get there. I mean, the end may be near, and it may not. So, there's been a whole lot of talk for a whole lot of years about the end times. I don't really know where this is going to go. It's just a conversation in my head that I'm going to put out as a podcast. Um, So I hope you'll really just sit back and listen to what I'm saying. Because I think it might be that some of our focus is shifted in the wrong way. And and what I mean by that is that as we look at the conversation, there's a statement that has been made for years in the Christian church or in the church as a whole, and that is the end is near. And every generation has spent time looking at the biblical prophecy, trying to pinpoint exactly when this is going to happen and exactly when this is going to happen and trying to pinpoint the people, the places, and the timing. And I believe that that might be a tool of the devil. Now, I'm not saying that knowing certain aspects of it isn't uh, important. I'm not saying that we don't need to know God's word. I'm not saying that Jesus didn't inform us, but I've talked about this before. Uh, But I want to allude back to when Jesus is talking with his disciples and the conversation comes up and Jesus says, you know, why is that important to you? And he gives them this long, drawn out conversation of this. Look for this, this, this and this. And these are just this time. And these are just this time. But Jesus says, you know, in essence, but that's not important. And then again, I don't even know. Only my father knows. So when Jesus tells us those things, there's there's these long drawn out conversations that we now have in the church and the church has been having for years. And you can see in the scripture that this is something that has gone on for for a long time. And what do I mean that we can see it in the scripture that it's something that's gone on for a long time. Well, honestly, if we think about it, why were Paul and Peter in their letters addressing it? Why did John write a letter to the churches addressing the end times? Well, I mean, God told John to write. Jesus said, write these things down. But understand this, there had to have been a conversation taking place for those to be addressed and for them to offer hope about what was to take place. So what is it, what are we supposed to do? I mean, there are pastors today, there are ministers um, who are very focused on the end times, there are others who don't seem to be as focused on the end times. I have conversations a lot about this uh, within my own 
uh, congregation and the, why do you not focus this way? Why do you not focus this way? And honestly, uh, my answer is this. I don't feel that I am called to focus that way. I look at um, the end times as something we have knowledge of, but we also don't have knowledge of. I, I look at the end times as something that we have um, full awareness of, but also something we have zero um, awareness of. And, and, and what I mean by saying that is, is I think we are fully aware of what signs and wonders we will look for in those days. I believe that some are fully aware of the things that Jesus talks about. I mean, but for how many years have we heard of wars and rumors of wars? How many years have we seen earthquakes and storms? And, um, you know, and when we look at those things, Jesus says those are just the birth pangs. So if those are the birth pangs, then what does that mean for us today? Well, I, I told somebody recently, I said, you know, if those are the birth pangs, maybe the contractions are getting closer together. But, you know, the disciples in the first century were saying that it was going to happen in their lifetime, that Jesus return would happen. So what were they talking about? Were they talking about his return? What does revelation mean? What what does those things say to us today? And And ultimately, the thing that continues to come to mind for me is this. The reason that it was so adamant that it could happen in our lifetime is that we should always be ready. We should always, because we do not know the day nor the hour, we should always be prepared for that end to come. Fear should not be the driving force for us to get right with God. What should be the driving force for us to get right with God is the love and the grace and the mercy that he has. See, I go back to the Great Commission. What did Jesus instruct the apostles to teach? What did he instruct them to, to, to teach of? What, what did he instruct them to do? He said, go into all the earth and teach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Share who Christ is. How will they know if they do not hear? How will they hear if they do not have a preacher? See, we look back at some of those conversations and it's, they need to hear the goodness of Christ. And, and again, I had that conversation about Romans chapter 14 a couple of weeks ago, and it goes back to that ending of that. Any decision not based in faith is sinful. So when we look at that conversation, here's where I stand with the end times. Yes, it matters. Yes, we should be aware and alert. Yes, we should read God's word and we should study what it says to us. But should we focus on it? I don't think so. I don't think our focus should necessarily be on those times, looking for the signs and the wonders. We should be aware of what they are. We should notice them when they happen. But we should stop trying to make everything fit the narrative. And that's what I'm saying when I'm saying our focus shouldn't be there there are some who will constantly look at every little thing that is happening in the world today and and they will say, oh, this is it. This has got to be it. Folks, in the 1940s, there were many who thought that Adolf Hitler was the Antichrist. 
that that was it. There was a major war going on, all nations battling each other, and Hitler murdering the Jews. This is it. He's the Antichrist. The Lord's coming back. There's some who thought Gorbachev. There's some who thought Reagan. Just in the more recent, we've heard that Obama, Trump, now Biden, Hillary Clinton. I can name a multitude of names that folks have said is the Antichrist. Osama bin Laden. All of them. But not one time have they been, quote, the Antichrist. Now, they might be an Antichrist, which Antichrist in itself is a spirit. It is this idea, this mentality that is not of Christ. It's literally instead of Christ is another way that you can look at the the definition of the wording there. Um, the translation. So it is, it is a spirit that is instead of Christ. In other words, there is an antichrist spirit that is overwhelmingly present in this world. A spirit that is not of Christ. In fact, the best explanation I can give is that over the time that we live in our life, we see these things take place. And there is, I look at Revelation as a tale of two cities. I look at it as um, two different stories, two different storylines for the saved and the unsaved. And one ends with rejoicing in heaven and the other ends with destruction in hell. And those are the two choices that we have to make in life. We make a choice. We, we choose either with Christ or not. We either choose the spirit of Christ to live in us or the spirit of the Antichrist. There are two choices. You have this spirit in you that is Christ, that is the Holy Spirit, that is living in you, that is leading you. And then you have this other spirit that is leading you. A spirit of rebellion, a spirit of anger and hatred and a spirit that is everything Christ is not. So I want to focus on that, having this conversation, the end may be near. I know the title might be misleading of this podcast, but the end may be near, but it may not. You know, we, we do not know. Jesus said, no man knows the day nor the hour. And people have tried to guess. People continue to try to guess. It could be tomorrow. It could be today. You could be hearing this in the trumpet sound. That is neither here nor there for me. If you are living a life that is prepared and in Christ, you have nothing to fear because of the promises of his word. So I want to look at it that way today and, and maybe offer some hope instead of heartache in the midst of all this. See, I mean, we could go to Revelation, we could go and look at some of these things, but but a few things that I'll mention is this, it will happen in the twinkling of an eye. So what does it say? Well, Paul wrote to the Colossian church, set our affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And that's in Colossians 3, 2, and he, he, he challenged them 
to look upward to Christ. And, and we are challenged by that same verse to look upward to Christ, to look and live with a hopeful anticipation of his return and to fully understand what might happen on that day that he returns and raptures the church or whatever is going to take place. We have to discuss what happened maybe with Enoch and Elijah. It says that they, you know, Elijah was whisked up in a chariot of fire. Enoch walked with God and um, was no more. But I mean, Hebrews eleven five. but by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had the testimony that he pleased God. So you see, he didn't taste death because he pleased God and God translated him from this life into the next. And as we look at this, we find this description of the very end of Enoch's life. And he was only one of two people. Genesis 524 says Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. He pleased God so much that God translated him. And he didn't experience the pain of death on this earth. Elijah is a bit different. I mean, you get the chariot of fire, you get all of this thing. But what happened to Enoch and Elijah, you know, interestingly, something similar will happen on the day that Christ returns to the earth to translate or to rapture, as the church calls it, the church. See, on that day, all those that have been saved, all those who have endured until the end will be caught up and ascend to be with Christ. And it will happen in an instant. Like Enoch, if we have been cleansed by the repentance, the blood of Christ, the water baptism and the Holy Spirit, we will be translated into heaven, into a new body. And we will no longer face that pain of death. And when that day comes, if God deems necessary, there is that translation period. But one of the things that we can continue to see here is, you know, there's still many scriptures that speak to these things. First Thessalonians 4 16 and 17 Paul says in the twinkling of an eye Christ will shout from heaven and the dead in Christ will rise first and those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air now the term caught up in the original Greek is a one word um, harpazo which means snatched up which is where we get the the rapture idea from but in the twinkling of an eye this is going to happen Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 24, verse 42, Watch therefore, for you know not the hour your Lord doth come. Speaking of the return of Christ in 1 Thessalonians 4.18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The problem that we're seeing today is there is no comfort in those words. In, in many of the things that are being yelled and, and screamed and taught and 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 made known about understanding of the end times. It's in some ways causing a fear 
and maybe not among the ones that we hope it would cause a fear in, but among the Christians, among the followers. Now, there is a heaven. There is a hell. They are very real. Scripture talks about them. And Jesus is the source of truth and the only source of truth for the matters about eternity. The things that we see in the scripture are those matters. But Revelation 21 describes as a lake of fire. Hell is described as a lake of fire. Paul says the wages of sin is death in Romans 6. There are many conversations Jesus spoke of, Revelation speaks of. Um, the letter to Jude speaks of it. You've got a place of torment and everlasting fire where fire is not quenched, the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. You've got a number of conversations that take place here. So when we look at this and we see this, you know, there's still the description of a bottomless pit. There's, But many of the descriptions of hell that we have come from the words of Jesus himself and you know, the, the English translation of hell, um, it, the Greek word translated is Gehana. It appears 11 times in the teachings of Jesus. So I believe if Jesus spoke of it, it's a very real place for us to think. And it's the transliteration of the word Geet and Hinnom, which translates the name of the valley of Hinnom, located southeast of Jerusalem. And, you know, it comes from the word lamentation in some ways, the, the same roots there. And so as we look at some of these things and we see some of these things, then you see the word, the mention of Molech. Um, the people put their children in the arms of heated idol and burn them to death. I mean, there's, there's a number of things we see throughout scripture, but we do get to see some of these conversations and there's going to be, hell there's going to be this new jerusalem which is going to be here on this earth and that is the place where um they will be gathered it will be the new jerusalem it will be the place of the residents and it will be a beautiful city but you know the promise i think maybe even better for us is that we can look at the promise of who of what we're we're given and and this may be the best way for us to think about it as i said it's it's a tale of two stories there's um you know this hopeful these two eternal destinations and when you look at scripture you find an eternity that is either solemn or hopeful and and so as we go through this and we think about this the Bible basically says heaven or hell. It it gives us the two ends. It gives us the end with Christ and the end without Christ. And so the real question is, is what is, is the peace we have? Do we have the assurance of the peace of Christ, the peace that passes understanding, as Paul said to the Philippian church, of Christ being in us and alive in us and him working in us and so the question i have for you is less about what does biblical prophecy tell us and more about what does it do for you 
Does it bring you hope or despair? And therein might be enough for you to know where you stand. Now, understand what I'm saying. The only person who can settle the issue for you is you. You can listen to the teachings. You can listen to the things that are taking place. But if you read biblical prophecy, you read the end times conversations and it brings fear. Then it might be some indicator for you that you need to get right with the Lord. But if you read it and there's hope, then it might be an indicator that you're right with the Lord. See, the Spirit will give us that discernment. The Spirit will give us that opportunity. The Spirit will work in our hearts and show us and bring understanding to those things. It's not about listening to everyone else. It's about what does it say to you? There have been many over the last 2,000 years try to guess the day and time, try to tell us that these events are lining up and this is what it's showing us. They've tried to tell us all of these things, even so far as some who have predicted days. In fact, just recently I saw a post uh, that a friend of mine on Facebook shared that was saying that it was going to be this next week. Praise the Lord if it is. I'm over the the mountain if it is, because I will be so glad to see him return and know that my security is in him. But if not, I will endure. I will continue to pray and read and study and preach and do the things that I do. And I would hope we all do that, that we would all get our minds right on that. But Every person on this planet has an eternal destination. And when life is over, we will each spend eternity somewhere. The Bible says that there is a heaven and there is a hell. It also says that this world in all its splendor will one day fade away, that it will not last forever, meaning every skyscraper, every city, every, every house, every car, everything will cease to be one day. Everything made by earthly hands will one day cease to exist only godly things, heavenly things, spiritual things will last forever. And it's important that we make sure that we do what is necessary to make sure that judgment for us is not depart from me. I never knew you, but welcome home, my good and faithful servant. See, we've discovered this prophetic promise concerning the nation of Israel. We've discovered these things that are taking place. But one of the things is, is from the very beginning, the eternity of the church has been sealed. The odds may not be in your favor, but we have a God who is, and that is enough. Whatever happens to you, the church, whatever happens on this earth to the believers, that is not your eternal destination. In fact, this earth might seem like hell to you when you have a faith in God because the evil that that spirit of the Antichrist is about destroying the things of Christ the things of God but as you look at eternity today we can be encouraged because God promised to preserve the church no matter what happens stay anchored to the people of God anchor yourself to the church to the to the big C church to his teachings to the word of God to study and and Stay anchored to those things. 
And if the end comes today, then you are ready. You are prepared. You are ready to go. Isaiah 59, 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So the spirit of the Lord in us will help us with that discernment to know when those things are here, when those things have come. The world might rear its ugly head and and show a ferocious show of intimidation. And maybe we're seeing some of that today. Nations may rise up against the ideals and the truths of God's word, but we should have no fear. First John 4, 4 says, Year of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In fact, the book of Esther gives us that hope of what standing on God's word, standing on God's promise will do for a nation, will do for the people. Because no matter how much Haman, the evil ruler under the king, sought to wipe Israel out in one fatal swoop. And at one point, it looked like he might win. But who died on Haman's gallows? Haman. He had built those to destroy the Jews. But instead, Haman died on those. See, in the end, he didn't win. The odds may have been stacked against God's people, but that's when God stepped on the scene and brought about a great deliverance. And if you've not yet been born into the Big C Church, you have opportunity today. Just by hearing this, the Spirit may be working on your heart, giving you a hope in Christ that you know you've got to get things right with the Lord. Then cry out to Him and do so today. Make sure that you have an eternal security in Christ. Today could be your day of salvation. See, there's prophecies that hinge upon the nation of Israel being in the right place. The plan of God for your life is incomplete without you being in the right place. We've got to get things right with him. So maybe your focus shouldn't be on what the end is going to be, but about the now, the getting it right with God now and not waiting until the end, not letting fear dictate our decisions because a decision made in fear is sinful. So as we look at this and we see all this, if you feel disconnected, if you feel broken, if, if you feel like you're in pieces, Turn to him and, and submit to him. Get it right now. Don't wait. See, the end may not be near for the world, but it might be near for you. You don't know what tomorrow might hold. We're not promised the next breath. Our life is but a vapor. That's why the scripture tells us to be ready to turn to him in repentance and and the full weight of his glory will rush in and and set other promises in motion and just as he did for the nation of israel his hand is able to gather the pieces of your life put them right where they belong and help you put those things back together so how should the end times prophecies change how we 
view or the way we live our lives. It shouldn't. It should bring hope and, and joy to our lives knowing that he's coming back to get us. But it shouldn't be a surprise to us. And when we share the gospel, share the gospel of Christ and what he's done in your life. Not that he's going to return and try to scare people out of hell. Fear only can go so far. But if you can exemplify what a life of faith is, how do you think the disciples did that? Well, they just told them their day of salvation had come. They told them the things Christ had done. And they said, yes, you know, the end may be near, but your day of salvation is now. See, when Jesus came, he brought the kingdom of God to this earth. And the day has been presented to you. You've heard this message. You've heard this conversation. And the day is in front of you now. You now are faced with a choice of which spirit is going to rule your life. You're faced with a choice of which spirit is going to take hold. So what is your eternity? What is your hope or despair? What does it bring you? Because the only one that can settle the issue is you. That's it. The only one. The only one who knows how that speaks to you is you. But we do not have a spirit of fear because Christ has overcome the world. Christ has overcome it all. And when we are in him, we are no longer travelers in this world. We are sojourners. We, we do not make our home here. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And that should bring all the hope we need. All the joy we need. All the peace we need. That should bring it all. So I hope this brings hope to you today. In recognizing that the end might be near. What that means for us as believers is so much more. So I hope you find joy and peace in that today. And I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for listening. I do hope you have a blessed day. If you need to get right with the Lord, contact myself, contact a pastor, contact someone. We'll talk with you. We'll share it with you. But don't live in fear today of what might come. When you can rest in Christ today and know that whatever may come, there is hope for you. So let's go before him in prayer and close it out this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening. Father God, we thank you that you give us a hope, a peace, and an understanding of your word. We thank you that you have told us what we need to know. And that, Lord, I pray that we would stop focusing on the things, that we would stop trying to Look for everything to be taking place. But Lord, in amazing hope, just focus on you and recognize what you've told us in your word. Go with us today, Lord. If there be any that need to feel a touch from you, I pray they do. But Lord, I pray you draw all men unto you, all unto you who you have um, promised to save. And Lord, we thank you for that salvation. We thank you that we have a hope in you that brings joy, peace, and understanding to our lives. And we pray these things now in your holy, precious, and wonderful name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast. You can get it on all major platforms that are out there. So we thank you for joining us wherever you're listening. If you want to go listen to another on another podcast, uh, feel free. We, we'd love the plays. Share it with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash where the wild things aren't podcast. No apostrophe in there, no spaces, but you can find us on Facebook or just search for the where the wild things aren't podcast on Facebook. Send us a message. Let us know how we can be praying for you. Also, if you just need someone to talk to about the Lord, we'd love to do that as well. We try to get a new episode up every week on Friday. So until next week, enjoy your week in the Lord. Thanks for listening to the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast.